I guess to start, talk about the beginning of the band, because Casey, I know you used to be in Spandrels, and that group had broken up. Where were all of you right before this band started, and what were your musical goals, or what were you doing at that time? I was um, very, uh, well, let's see. That's a good question. So Spandrels' last show was Buzzcut Queer Music Festival, which I did with a couple of my friends, Carrie Keel and Jamie Reynolds. Um, so that was a, that was Indiana's, well, it was definitely Indianapolis's first queer music festival um, and probably the state of Indiana's first queer music festival. <laughs> but we got, um cupcake the rapper to headline um shun was there as well cody critchello if you've ever heard shun's project you should check it out it's wonderful it's great um and then shamir hell yes and then um this like wonderful uh new disco duo sateen so those were like the big four and then we had um a bunch of other people from all over um my ex-boyfriend's metal band fairy ring was also there they're really cool so you should give them a listen to if you if you like heavy stuff uh but that was our last show in 2019 and then spandrels broke up and uh it was super depressing for me because i had been in spandrels for like a decade and um, I was just kind of aimless and I didn't know what was going on and what was going to happen. And then, uh, the pandemic happened. So I didn't have to worry about that anymore because all I really had to do was sit on my ass at home and smoke weed and play guitar. So that's what I did. And it turns out if you sit at home alone and smoke weed and play guitar all day, every day you get better at it. <laughs> so um, I started writing these songs that were like, uh, you know, no shade to Spandrels, no shade to any of my bandmates. They're all wonderful people, wonderful musicians. But I, I just started writing stuff that was like um, on a different level than before. Spandrels was like very heavy on the noise and improvisation. And that's how I learned how to play guitar was just playing improvised guitar noise like live like over and over and over and over and over again like we were never a recording type of thing Mm -hmm. uh and and we should have been but we weren't (laughs) but um so I met Alex at Buzzcut because she was playing bass in Kevin Crowder's band who played Buzzcut as well and I saw her playing and I was like, damn, this chick is really fucking good. And <laughs> so like when I started writing these songs, I was like, mm, I wonder if she's available. And so then I asked her and now I'm going to give her the floor <laughs> to talk about her experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right before this band, I was playing um, just like 
live stuff. I've just been getting back into music. Um, like all like growing up, I played music a lot. I went to music school for like a year and then I dropped out and then kind of quit music entirely for like five or six years until my friend Kevin Crowder, um, he asked me to play bass for him for like a culture shock show. He had just started doing solo stuff. So I was like, yeah. And then I ended up just playing, being his like live bass player for the next like three or four years until um, pretty much the pandemic. And then he kind of like stopped because of that, like tours got canceled, everything was crazy. And then just never picked it back up. And then during that time, Casey reached out to me, like he said, yeah. <laughs> and I actually remember it like vividly, we were like in the parking lot outside a bar and he was just like on his phone and he's like, do you want to hear my music I've been writing? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let me hear it. This is when you could go to the bar, but you like yeah. had to go outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was like, you could get a drink and then you had to like leave. <laughs> like, get out of here. Um, so he's just showing me the music on his phone and I'm just like, wow, this is, this is really cool. I've never like played in this kind of music before, but I really want to give it a try. So she said, I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like shortly after that, we met up and then we just spent a couple hours every week just trying to like get the songs together. And then, yeah. And then we would start going, our old drummer lived in Ohio. So we would go to Ohio as, what, huh? what was his name? Tyler, Tyler Meshlin. Tyler Mesh. Yeah. I almost, he forgot. was our first drummer. He lived in Ohio. Yeah. He lived go... in Cincinnati. We had to drive like two hours, like every yeah. one day a week. Yeah, there and back. We got to know each other very well. <laughs> I love, I've got like a lot of friends in Cincinnati, so it was kind of like fun for me. We got to practice at, at my other friend's house that apparently wasn't even his house, but he was sitting with somebody else. But yeah, uh, so yeah, we would go there every week, grind some stuff out, and it was like doing that for almost a year. Mm -hmm. And then, and then we booked some shows. And we were like, yeah. oh, yes, finally, shows. We're going to play shows. <laughs> and then at the last possible second, Tyler Meshlin was like, I'm moving to Portland. Bye. After, like, working with us for, like, a year on this shit. <laughs> yeah. And then we scrambled. <clears throat> yeah, we scrambled. We scrambled, tried, went we through had a various drummers. drummers. None of them really worked out until we found Daniel. And we and we found Daniel as I think he like DM'd me on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so it was like my story is way less bountiful. <laughs> and it is meeting you so guys. Much but... the best. Daniel is like <laughs> does way crazier things than anyone any woman could have ever dreamed. Daniel's the best drummer ever. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time I've heard this from you guys. I'm, I'm just kidding. They, <laughs> they tell me all the time. <laughs> So, so a DM through Instagram, what was your sort of, what, had you heard them before or what was going on? I think I was just posting a video of me playing guitar. It was, yeah, uh, I saw that and um, we had mutual friends at the time and I think she made a post about it, about you needing someone. Oh yeah. And I was, it was a good day for me. I was like, all right, yeah, this sounds like fun because I was kind of in a lull of some older projects that weren't really happening at the time. 
So I reached out and I think not even a week later, we got together. It was like a Monday night and um, he sent me like a small like Google thing of like four or five songs, like two, two of them, I think were like pretty fleshed out. Um, so I just listened to those, showed up and just kind of scrambled through them with any ounce of skill I had. Uh, it was pretty much instant. It was instant. <laughs> it was like instantly perfect. The second I saw you taking notes while we were doing oh, it, yeah. this is the one. <laughs> my, little, my little notebook, yeah. My, the drummer I work with has like a moleskin notebook as well. For He'll just take it, whip it out as soon as anybody starts talking about what what a song needs. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. Right. What yeah. a song was. What a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so the origin stories there. Um, based on the name, I wanted to ask what the dating app scene is like in Indianapolis. Well, you'll have to ask Daniel. Yeah, that's yeah. man, I've I've been around the block. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you want you want to talk about the dating apps in Indianapolis? That's something else right there. But uh... the name of the band, though. Um, the same friend that we were mutuals with that like hooked us up with Daniel, she had a dating app profile. She had a Tinder and this was like back in the day, but you know, like uh, um, when you're filling out your info mm -hmm. and um, they're like, what, what is your position and what company do you work at on her profile she put that her position was perfect angel and the company that she worked at is heaven so when it populated it to her profile it said perfect angel at heaven and uh i was just really kind of enamored with that group of words and like <laughs> taking it out of context and how it's like obviously it's really cute um but there's like this dumb little grammatical thing going on mm -hmm. um and you know I just was like this is fun and I took it and locked it away in my mind for a long time until this band came together and I was like okay this is the name of the band for <laughs> sure <laughs> awesome um, going back to sort of the writing of these songs as that, as they were coming together, one of the things that really popped out to me is that they're not necessarily always verse chorus, verse chorus. There are longer bridges. I'm thinking of Pyramid, which kind of goes into a completely different second section, which is kind of a bridge, but it's got a chorusy feel to it. There's an outro. There's another outro to it. Um, a lot of these, <laughs> I, I, I really dig it. Um, but uh, I was just wondering if that's something that organically popped up or if that was something that you kind of wanted to challenge yourself to get away from kind of a traditional pop structure. Uh, that's how I write. Because um, like I was talking about before with Spandrels, um, when when that band started, it was totally improvised, like slabs of guitar noise that we would try and turn into songs by figuring out how to repeat certain sounds that we'd make with our guitars so that we could use those sounds as like, uh, you know, like a structure. Mm. Um, so I've never written like verse, chorus, verse type stuff 
um, though I would love to learn how someday. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just that that comes natural to me. Uh, but working with Alex, she's like queen of pop. So, uh, you know, she's she reigns in the structure because I'll be like, OK, so this middle section is actually just going to be a whole different song. <laughs> and then we'll get back to the song that we were playing before that when this part's over. And then Alex is like, mm, I forgot what song we were playing because it sounds so different. So maybe we should cut this part by 75 percent. Yeah. But yeah, give it life, but don't like forget like what the song is. It's like kind of, yeah. But I feel like I, I like really, to go on little adventures. Yeah. That's why like we have a lot of parts in our songs and they are longer, which is yeah. like, I don't know. But I like to think that we kind of go away from like the normal pop thing where it's like verse chorus by having these like multiple parts in a song and it kind of flows differently. But then a lot of times the melody is kind of brings it back to this like kind of poppiness where other music that might have that sort of structure, like loose structure, doesn't have that. And I think that's what makes us interesting to me personally, is that we can kind of like play both sides of it. Mm -hmm. yeah i was thinking of on pyramid that longer bridge section casey you're doubling your uh melody with the guitar um so it's kind of like a duet with itself which is like a really great pop kind of hook trick thing to do but it's it's a bridge that comes out of nowhere and then it goes back into the chorus so it's grounding it in like a good pop structure while the structure of the song is not necessarily pop yeah yes yeah interesting uh it's just like i don't know um it just happened that way really i i wish i had more like a and i wish i could tell you um that i have this conviction about long songs but <laughs> i don't it's just the way i write <laughs> it's so funny like timing out songs uh we'll do like little fun recordings of run-throughs and the first question is always like, all right, how long is that? <laughs> it's always like at least five minutes. We're like, all right, that's a sweet spot right there. <laughs> yeah, if we can get it under six, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere in between a Rush prog song, but definitely longer than Gucci Gang. Somewhere between those two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about lyrics, um, especially a line that really stuck out to me was every man I've never... Uh, I've met needs a mother, but my body can't deliver. I, it hit me as something I've seen in relationships, whereas viewing a relationship as the alpha, a romantic relationship as the alpha and the omega, like you're my partner, therefore you have to be my best friend and you have to be a caretaker and a provider and hot and all of these things rather than saying like, oh, I also have a group of friends around me or my family or community members that also nourish me as well but i could be reading wrong into that line uh you know it's i mean i think it's way more fun for me to hear about your experience with my lyrics than it is for me to talk about what i meant with them mm -hmm. um a lot of the time i will make up lyrics on the spot when it's time to start doing vocals and stuff Mm -hmm. so um 
Yeah, we have some lyrics out of like a book. <laughs> yeah, we even like grabbed a, a a line out of a book. I just opened a book to a random page. Um, but that's not to say that they're meaningless. It's uh, I just don't want to um, like force. I don't want to force the listener to change how they feel about the lyrics by telling them what I felt, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Does it feel like it's just kind of not yours anymore once it hits the air? Uh, no, I still have my own personal experience with the lyrics too. And, you know, that's, it's mine. Um, but this is for everybody who comes across it to, to have whatever experience they have. And I think a lot of the time when an artist divulges like what they experience with it, that becomes more of kind of like a universal thing for anybody who hears it like oh i heard that this song is about this so now i feel like this song is about this and now it's harder for me to have my own personal experience with that because like i'm only thinking about the artist's experience interesting okay cool um if you know me in real life, though, you know, if you're my friend or you're my bandmate, for sure, I'll talk about it with you. But, <laughs> you know, people I don't know, people who only know the band or only know me from listening to the music, uh, I would, yeah, I would prefer, it's more fun for me if they tell me what they think than it is for me to say what I think. So I'm going to be a little bit selfish and just keep that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, did the harmonies come about in a similar way where it felt very natural or was that more of like, all right, let's plot this out instrumentally of how this is going to work on maybe someone taking the lead and then doubling up or anything like that? Um, so how I like come up with the melodies is usually more structure like i i usually sit down with the keyboard or guitar for like a couple hours over a song and kind of just like solo over it until i like hit a spot where i'm like oh this is this is it like this is this is like where i need to start and then it kind of goes from there so and then i come up with the lyrics yeah based on her melody and then i sing it and then she comes up with a harmony later yeah so the harmony yeah a lot of times we just kind of double the harmony. There's like a couple songs, I guess, where we do have different notes we sing, but it is pretty much plotted out like instrumentally, like not even, yeah. I'm not the strongest of, like harmony is really hard for me to do. So I have to do it. I have to like hear what the two notes sound like before mm -hmm. on an instrument. <laughs> Cool. Um, I just had two more questions. One of them was about sequencing. Obviously, it's an EP with four songs, but I was curious because to at least to my ears, it's like the first two songs are major. Second two songs are minor ish. Um, and I was just wondering if there was thought put into the separation of those songs or how they flowed. Uh, I think the way that it is on the EP is just the way that we like 
practice them or something. Yeah. I don't know. There was like an order that either we played it live like that once or <clears throat> we did it at practice or something. And um, yeah, like Miami it, always kind of fell into the last song. I feel like Pyramid is always the, the front runner. So I think we just felt it natural. Oh, yeah. Miami's a good closer anyway because of the noise section in there. It's always fun to just let loose. And that have kind of be like your final statement when you're playing live. So, yeah, I guess the last question I have is what's, what are the next steps? What's the plan for the future? Oh, we've already got some shit written. I nice. mean, we've got recording sessions booked. Um, like we've got a tour booked. Um, I'm going to order some more merch. I'm going to order some more tapes. You can buy merch and tapes at www.perfectangel.heaven.bandcamp.com. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah. So, I mean, we're just going to keep going. And we're just not going to stop yeah. ever for the rest of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least this year we have... It's This is the year staying busy yes we have yeah that tour is planned for the end of march and we have hopefully an ep up by summer and then we want one more before the end of the year mm -hmm. so you'll hear lots of us yeah gonna gonna try for two releases this year mm -hmm.